bientôt. You're good, but what I will say is I would love for you to now introduce us to the question that you want to ask us. I know it's going to be like the longest episode. Granted, it's three of us, so I'm yeah, prepared for the that. Three Musketeers. Yeah. This will also be edited as well a little bit. Yes. So, going to give y'all some highlights. But yes, Brandy, what do you want to bring to the table? To the pod. Dang, like what have we not mentioned? I feel like my questions have been answered. Your questions have been answered <laughs> through just I do think I will. I do think I will put our questions up for the audience yeah. to answer. Because I'd love to hear. Because. Them. Everybody had such great questions. Oh, I think I did ask a question about if you guys practice ancestor veneration and how that's how that's. Oh yeah, you did. How like what the effects of that have felt like in your life? Can you give us a description of how you see that term? Ancestor veneration. Yeah. Um, yeah, just for me, it's just about literally like honoring my ancestors. Um, it for me, it involves an altar. Uh, I don't have many pictures right now, but the ones I do have, I have on there. Um, I also wrote out a list of names uh, when I first started getting into Ancestor Veneration. I called my mom and was like, give me as many names as you got, homie. Yeah. Um, just because I wanted to, I really wanted to say their names. Like, I know they haven't heard them in a while. They have not been... Mm honored in a while they haven't been mm -hmm. spoken to they hungry like yeah. <laughs> you know they is so I wanted to start with just uh having their names and saying like thank you for everything I'm here <laughs> I love you yeah. <laughs> want to know ya um I'm also making it absolutely clear that I'm speaking to my honorable ancestors um because not all of them. We don't just die to everybody. We don't just die and heal all of our wounds immediately. To That's not. It's a process. It's a process. So I am very specific about who I, which ancestors I would like to speak to, and if I don't know their names, I will say, my honorable ancestors. But you know, I call on my protective ones because uh, we had many ancestors in wars. Okay, and we had a good many. We that do. know how to swing a sword, shoot a gun. So when I'm feeling a little like, ah, <laughs> I call on them. So, um, Harriet. Yeah. Right. Um, if you could just, just make sure I'm good while I'm walking down this block. Please, thank you. Hey, yeah. Um, yeah, and it just started with like a candle. Um, I put all the elements on, a white candle, put all the elements on there, some spring water, you know some crystals or something that represent earth or I've used a lot of things you can really do the thing but as long as you got some water and a white candle like that's like the basic starter package right there and a great intention and you know they want to hear from us so that's what I think ancestor veneration is it's just mm -hmm. honoring them and helping basically you're healing yourself to help to heal them as well so you're healing the lineage when you're doing all this it's, it's that's a, beautiful it's a wonderful exchange and like they'll they'll give you like little insights you can really ask them like <laughs> i'm telling you like it's really changed my life because i was like i'm insane i'm crazy and they'd be like you're not yeah i did that too <laughs> or like you got that from me and so mm -hmm. so oh, it's very really it's really comforting as well so that's what ancestor veneration is to me i love that mm -hmm. i think i really 
have something to say about my recent experience because ever since Dante introduced me to a little bit about what some of the Akan practices are, I, I then started to like just learn what type of things that he does. He has an altar. Mm-hmm. And after he kind of showed me like, just like, just let me be a witness to some things. And then we did some things together, which I was like, this is really like change. Also <laughs> raised really strongly Christian. Yes. So, you know, some things I was like, <laughs> have to get comfortable with like saying yes. And just like trying things, just like seeing and so after that, I started to pour libations, and mm-hmm. I started to, so I have in my room, like, this blue wooden bowl, and mm-hmm. a glass, like, a tall glass cup that has, like, texture on the inside, and then uh, I started to pour libations because of Dante, and I really started to um, call on people that I knew in my family who have passed away, who I really had a connection to, like... Mm-hmm. My grandmother, my paternal grandmother, she was like, she has such a distinct personality that I really, really, I really enjoyed being around her, even though sometimes she was really intense. Like her energy was very opposing of mine sometimes because I'm, I've been described growing up and to this day as really laid back, really like chill, even though I can get hype but I've just been like somebody injected me with some some chill serum like my whole life I have this like <laughs> have this home video of me climbing up the stairs as a baby my mom's like Jessica you excited about the new house I'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I've just been so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. you want to hear been like it's it was either given like mature for my age Mm -hmm. laid back like all that type of stuff my grandmother was very very like smart I'm pretty sure she graduated high school at 16 something like that Mm -hmm. and then went to college and also she ended up paying for one of her brothers to go to college I believe I'm gonna have to ask my dad to fact check me on that but back then it was like 300 and something dollars a semester for the tuition and so she like saved up money to pay for it. <laughs> I'm just like, she was out here like, but she had a very distinct personality. And I'm so glad that I got to experience her in my lifetime um, before she passed when I was in the 12th grade. Yeah, she passed when I was at the beginning of my senior year of high school. So um, that was, I remember I was going to dance class and I was just like sitting in front of the office that my dance, my dance teacher's office. And I looked really sad. And one of my tough modern teachers came out there and said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> she was like, what's no, wrong? they ain't got no None. sympathy. They have no sympathy. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, my grandmother is, she's, I'm losing her. She's not, I like couldn't hold it together. I was crying. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do when she's not here. Like, I'm just like. I was so shocked. She didn't feel like somebody was ever going to go. At least not that early. I felt so young. So I was like, I don't know. She she was she was dealing with cancer at the time, like before she passed. And I was like, I don't 
know like what's gonna happen and like I was scared actually when I was at Harvard because she was really sick that summer she passed at the beginning of the school year right after I did Harvard so I I was like a little bit like out of it sometimes thinking that I was gonna not be there when she passed mm-hmm. so um in September like at the beginning of the school year that's when um she passed but but woof I, when I pour libations, to get back to the point, um, when I pour libations, I, like, talk to her a lot. Like, I have conversations. And and I just kind of connect to, actually, something that I saw on TikTok. This um, person that is, um, I think she's a medium. I don't think she calls herself a medium, but just the way she was explaining, just like, basically, like, what you just explained. Like, they want to hear their name. They want that, like, community as well. Um, and of course we all still love each other. So it's like, why not talk to our, mm-hmm. our yeah. family members? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I do that. And I just talk about where I need guidance. So I talk about where I'm proud of myself. I talk about where I can give myself grace. And a lot of times I ask for protection and I'm just like, sometimes I'm, t- I get too hard on myself and I need protection externally, and I need protection just, like, not letting me get too far down in a hole. Mm-hmm. I need I need protection for myself sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's something that I do. I do talk to my honorable ancestors. Yeah, and it's like, it really is that simple. That's all they really want. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be at an altered space, like, we have crossroads that is a very spiritual portal you've got the water you've got trees nature like use nature Mm -hmm. a lot of our ancestors speak to us that way as well or even more clearly that way i know me in particular if i'm by some trees i'm gonna get overloaded with a whole lot of of advice (laughs) (laughs) it's just gonna be a whole lot of celebration and like hey that's me in the ocean that's me whenever i swim in the ocean yeah like find just find whichever portal feels where do you feel the most peace where do you feel the most charge and start there like really trust and lean into that things will be so much clearer for you Mm -hmm. i love that adia what you got to say about it girl look i i feel the same way about y'all like i will literally talk to my ancestors anywhere and and i've honestly the only person that i've experienced in my life who's passed on is my great-grandmother and she passed when i wasn't there as well like i was i wasn't in the city i was out of the country so it was very hard to not be close to her to be able to like tell her that i loved her and i wanted to be there and let her know it was okay to move on although i had spoken to her not too long before and she had snatched me up. And you know how like old people, <laughs> they they got that strong got like, yeah. pretty much like they got stacked grip. You know, yeah. and you'd be like, why you got so much strength for 101 pounds? But okay. Yeah. And she snatched me up. She said, I'm not afraid to die. And I said, okay. Do you think you're gonna die soon? She said, I don't know. But it's coming. And I was like, okay. But I want to be there for you. And so I feel like that's something that I've really adopted. And But even before she passed, though, like definitely pouring libations for people. Um, or I used to practice um, 
SGI Buddhism for like a hot second. And part of the chanting afterwards. Wait, what's SGI? SGI is Soka Gakkai International. It's a ty- it's like a sect of Buddhism um, that um, follows uh, the president Aikido, who's leading right now, but it was founded by Nishin Daishonin, who um, took the teachings of Siddhartha and created this scroll. Um, I might be mixing up some of the details, but in, in the overall gist of things, that's kind of what it is. Um, but you chant, you, you are chanting to a scroll, and after you finish chanting, um, you'll ring a bell. And you ring a bell for all the people who have passed before. And so that's something that I used to do a lot, and I still do to this day at my own altar. Um, I, I make it a point to... I don't, I don't chant anymore, although sometimes I chant when I'm with other people who still practice Buddhism, um, but I don't chant myself alone, but I will ring the bell because I want to bring that music. It's kind of almost like, um, I'm trying to think of like soul. I don't know if you guys remember that movie Soul, the mm-hmm. Pixar movie, yeah. and where all the forgotten memories go and how over time they lose their spark. Mm-hmm. And they get more dull and more dull, or like Mukoko, and and like how those skeletons were slowly starting to lose it because they were not being remembered. I I think of that bell as like a remembrance of these spirits who have yeah. passed on. Um, so that's something that I find is really important to my practice is bringing them to light and making sure that they are still being remembered, um, and and talking to my honorable. My honorable people. My smart audience. My smart audience. <laughs> for the smart audience only. No, we pray and lift up those who still need people healing. People need help. I really help you know, get it together. For right. real. For the next lifetime. I really, for really. Real. And if I can help you do that safely, like, I got you. But, right. Safely. But I'm not talking I'm to you for advice. Safely. I'm not asking <laughs> for advice. I don't want to be dealing with this any other way. <laughs> hey, right. I'm not. You're maybe not going to ask you about how to do Because some of y'all are violent. <laughs> We're kind of battling out. You were kind of an alcoholic. <laughs> You're dealing with a demon. You got things to do. Like it's okay. I, I don't. That. You got things to do. Like it's so why? Like we we can stay in our lanes respectfully. Lane and I love you like, respectfully and respectfully. I'll never forget when Dick Gregory. I was watching an interview with Dick Gregory, and he was like, "You don't talk to everybody on the street, so you'll be talking to everybody." Who came before you? Don't talk to all your ancestors. You think you gonna if if it was born a knucklehead and they died a knucklehead? You think they gonna knock me a knucklehead? unfortunate news that we're gonna have to not ask all three yeah and i was like i would have had six so we <laughs> it's we not for the best though yeah it's for the best 
Um, okay, this is right. All right, so I said, so recently, right, recently in social media, there's been this, um, this like new wave of people showing their journey to um, healing generational trauma. And it looks like this beautiful, not beautiful, but it looks like this kind of almost like walk in the park where it's like, here are the steps that I did to achieve my generation, to free myself and liberate myself of generational trauma. I'm here, I'm happy, my children are happy, everybody's happy, the dog is good, I got a house, I'm living in the woods and that's it. Um, and it's kind of just like, you know, this instant thing that just, it looks instant when it's not actually. And so my question is, you know, the body functions on a different timeline um, than what we've created in this um, Western world mm-hmm. or in just in world in general. Time is just a construct in, and our body does not follow time. So my question is, how do you approach generational trauma in a way that is still cognizant of the fact that you are functioning on a different timeline um, or lack thereof for better use of words in a world that really emphasizes and is constantly um, continuing this idea that time is of the essence and you don't have time to uh, sit with your feelings to properly heal but you need to be at x point in your life in order to be healed does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah wow that's very complex <laughs> that's lovely I've been a lot. Randy you want to go first yeah I'll try I'll take a stab at it um so I can only really speak on you know my experience with generational trauma and one of the main ways that I identified specifically what my generational trauma looked like was by talking to my family and by spending time with them mm-hmm. and it will it becomes so clear <laughs> so clear what y'all are all battling like for example for me I have cousins that are twins and they're Gemini's and one is a boy one's a girl and they're like I said they're only a year older than me and so I see like it's crazy because we might as well have been like triplets like the way that our lives look very very similar like we have the same struggles we have the exact same struggles with specifically security and I've seen that a lot on my paternal side is like we all just want a home. And, like, my dad was a foster kid. Um, he got adopted into a Jamaican household. His parent, his kid, uh, his siblings got split up. Like, there is this, there's this, the trauma is that we're, we don't have stability. We don't have, like, a family place to go, a, a home. Like, it feels like we are experiencing housing insecurity a lot. That's one, one. <laughs> of the of the things that I've identified and so now that I have identified that I'm like oh this is a worth thing for us mm-hmm. we don't feel worthy there's a worthiness in here there's a worthiness issue here wow. that's what I'm seeing in my family is oh we don't feel worthy and I'll, and then you can see it everywhere in your family like just from the, the things that they say like my father love him to death but he will just sleep on the floor because I'm from the hood. Like, I sleep on the floor. It don't matter. Like, I'm good. And I'm like, you are. That's great. 
but you're also in your 50s and I'm not mm-hmm. letting you sleep on the floor because you don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. You deserve more than a floor, you know? And so that being, and I think a lot of families experience that in a degree, like the that's how we get scarcity mindset is like, you have to know that you're worth it no matter what your circumstances look like. Like, you've got to find that worthiness. And that can be very, very hard to do as a foster kid or as a kid in the hood. Like, it, that can be very, very hard, if not damn near impossible to find. But you can find it because God is in you. Hey, hey. <laughs> the spirit is a working. <laughs> it's, it's in there. It's really in there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's how I view generational trauma and how we're going to how we can even begin to deal with it is you have to look at your family and really like look at, you got to keep asking why until there's no more why questions. And that's something I learned through acting. Yeah. You keep asking why until there are no that's more a big why one questions. That's a big one for me. And yeah. then what do you do? It's the same thing with acting. Now that you've got your reason for why your character wants to, it's here. Now you get what they, what they're after. Now, how do they do that? <laughs> how do they get, how do they fight for that? How does that look for them? What are the actions that they do? What are the tactics that they use? Like, <laughs> you've got to, you really have to break it down so that you can start figuring out how do I shift it? That's, that's, and that's the part that, that takes a long time because now you're in this unlearning, but you're habitually still doing the same things, but you're catching yourself and like, it's, it's hard. It's very, very difficult, but I am happy to say that me and my cousins seem to be doing very well for the lineage. <laughs> okay, we're getting it together. Um, and I'm, I'm, I really am seeing that the, the more that you heal, the more the family heals, especially if that's your intention. And when I first started oh, yeah. in this journey, that was it. I was like, my family is a me- We got to heal. Like, help me do that. I don't know how to. Hi, ancestors. Like, I know y'all see what's going on down here. <laughs> I know y'all also was having a rough time when you were down here how can I help us heal that how can I do that and a lot of that is them telling me to rest mm-hmm. and me reminding my family to rest and you know so that's it's cool. that's how that's how you get into generational trauma heal yourself heal, heal yourself get to the root big time. heal yourself and then they'll see it like they'll whether they agree with it, like it, whatever, get triggered by it, because that's that's the thing. They get triggered by it. Once you start healing the generational trauma, then they're like, oh, you think you too big and bad. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. think you can't. Damn it. No. That's, not that's wild. Because, because you know what? I have evaluated and determined to be a big part of generational trauma in my family. It's everybody's obsession, like, when a generation comes, or like, say my parents are speaking to me, they had this point growing up where they were like, each generation has to do better than the last. And that was like a big thing. And I started to see that that was going so deep that it was like an obsession. Mm-hmm. Not that some people would describe it as that, but or some people will be conscious of that in certain actions, in certain ways, like choices that my parents would make, that my grandparents made. But I'm just like, y'all don't even know that you're going so far deep into, oh, I have to be better, I have to be better, that you're perpetuating a lot of the same toxic things that we actually said we don't need to be doing anymore. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like a confusion looks to be happening and my thing is like okay then the, the excuses come the thing is like well we didn't have a rule book growing up and all that stuff and I'm just like my what I have found in terms of the solution for that is just listening yep and truly truly deeply listening to each other I don't think I live in a household where people are really heard yeah and that's where we're kind of still at right now there have been improvements here and there and then sometimes you're like beating your head against the wall because just like that's what's holding us back and I feel like we need to some of us need to really drop our pride way further down than we think we need to some people don't even think that that's a problem that they have but hey got to get over that if you want anything to change and that's how I feel and that's the message that I like implore when I'm at home a lot of the times that I bring up constantly I'm like we're not listening to each other like and I encourage my little brother to speak up for example and like I'm like you're telling me certain things that I think mom and dad really need to hear that I think that and I know that you're not telling them because you you're under the assumption and a pretty pretty valid assumption that they won't listen to you mm -hmm. and it's like you know that I'll listen to you and I'll and I always will say that whatever you're feeling is true and is valid and it's coming up and it's how you feel so I just wanted to I just wanted to like us to take a step like we actually have to listen and you know we're talking about spirituality like that really is a roadblock to be honest like mm -hmm. sometimes the listening cuts off because of a religious belief like oh yes it's like you yeah. know a, a, a really big place that I feel like I butt heads with my parents sometimes is about like getting active on certain things that need to be done like why haven't we done this yet like the procrastination feels not just procrastinating but the lack of prioritizing feels absolutely unacceptable to me and I've used that specific language to say this is absolutely unacceptable mm -hmm. and then you know I might get back in return as a response you know you all want to do things on your timing all the time it's about God's timing and that kind of thing is what I mean like you can only go so far with that I feel like until it's just like we've been in this spot for three years and it's cyclical it's, we're not getting anywhere we're not getting anywhere it's literally cyclical like we have identified some patterns and we literally talk about specific patterns that we've identified in our interactions in the home like oh oh we're here now it's just gonna cycle but like we're not gonna talk to each other for probably two weeks and then like we've literally identified this cycle and I was like that's messed up we're not addressing it. We're not. We're addressing not addressing it. Address it. Yeah. And that's why I have the conversations with them sometimes because I'm just like, hey, I wasn't allowed to not listen to y'all for 18 years. So it's just like, give me some respect. I don't know. I'm just like, actually listen to us. Even if you think we don't have enough experience or something to back us. I'm like, a lot of and I have this conversation about children because I don't think adults, a lot of adults listen to children like they yeah. like they should be listened to. Like, 
give children the credit that they deserve for you discredit everything they say because it's like you haven't been here long enough right yeah and it's i, I was just like where did we get that from like crazy. to me no, that's not what it is yeah it I'm is. like that's not it's what it's about ATR, like reincarnation is a very very, a real, very thing real thing in yeah. so many different practices and you know what else it's like it's like the things that don't the things that made me that created that doubt in me with christianity growing up when i started to question things it's things were so opposing like you would say this scripture and practice something else yeah. that was just like yeah oh you're not listening contradictory you're contradictory <laughs> all over the place you're not actually letting your children have get frustrated like about things. it's just like yeah where the how the fruits of the what is it fruits of the spirit how they do it and right, you have to let you have to let kids express their frustration if they're frustrated. Mm-hmm. If, if they're frustrated at you, don't like just that's not disrespectful. That's you not disrespectful. I said that's something in the generational trauma cycle that is also a big thing. Like it's not disrespectful to express emotion. Really? Yeah, like yes. let them get it out yes. and then say, okay, here's what we're gonna do. And I'm just like, I can't wait to keep employing that for years to come because I love working with children. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I love listening to children. You can learn so much from children. But the contradictory thing was really not letting us have a voice at a lot of times or feeling shut down. And I I feel like that's where my anxiety developed Mm -hmm. into mixed anxiety and depressive mood because I was really like choking on the words that I really already had to say and wasn't allowed to say so that's that's just like a big thing and the contradiction to that that they might bring up scripturally is like and a child shall lead them I was like girl you don't even listen to a word I say right. I'm gonna lead y'all I'm gonna, lead you. <laughs> I'm gonna say come on we're making a left y'all gonna be like Mm, no, it's right. So we're gonna have pizza for dinner, like <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my thing, and I, I'm glad that, and I'm glad that I have friendships like, like ours, that just help me, like get me inspired to keep going mm-hmm. because nothing will change if we ever stop. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't take a break. Besides resting, you know, rest. We have a right to rest. But in terms of if it's not if it's not rectified, we can't stop. You know, we just have to keep engaging. We just have to keep engaging in conversation. We just have to keep encouraging people who are younger than us, people who are older than us. So, so yeah, that's I think that might have answered your question. No, it does. Yeah. What do you mean you've been listening this whole time and you haven't subscribed yet? I don't see what the holdup is. The button is right there. And while you're at it, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You obviously like the show. But yeah, this is big, big stuff. Spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. It takes stuff. time. It takes a lot of time. It does take time. Because you can read all the books, but embodying the knowledge it's takes time. Yeah. It's real practice. And it's like, it's, you cannot... It's like mastering an instrument. You cannot expect mm-hmm. that you get, you know, you learn how to play the cello, you buy a cello, and you, you're just like, okay, I'm going to put in the hours every day for a week, and I'm going to be a master. I'm going to be Yo-Yo Ma by the end of the week. 
That's yeah. dumb. That's my Yo Yo Ma has been playing since he was three. The man is still learning to this day, and he's what in his sixties or something. Like you, ha- it it's mastery. It's time and time and practice and practice and patience and patience and trial and error before you get to that point where it's like, okay, I'm starting to find a groove. Yeah. But I don't think it's ever even to the point where you were fully. Maybe you're never fully healed. I mean, maybe you can't be fully healed, but it there's a lot that goes into it before you can like fully be like, I am relieved of that shit. Yeah. And if it's generational, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And you know, they say trauma is passed down through like the maternal, like yes, you know, because you are in your mother's over, you are in your grandmother's womb. When your grandmother was carrying your mother. Yeah. Right. And to think about, oh, yeah. I know I'm thinking yeah. of like one particular story of my ancestors. Not all of our ancestors were in happy-go-lucky relationships. So not all of these women who were, who got us here today were procreating with men that they were in love with. Mm-hmm. Many of them were doing this out of obligation. And I know for one of my ancestors specifically, she got caught up. Yeah. She got stuck. Yeah, right. And ended up having having to do this, having mm-hmm. to have the kids, and so that's that's the story for a lot of us. And like even before, you know, I'm reading medical apartheid right now, and it's just opening up a whole new door of the sacrifices that our ancestors made and the atrocities that some of them survived. Um, wow, yeah. and it's. It's and it's it's it hurts like it just it hurts so much to know that they that Western medicine, especially in America, like so much of it was experimenting on us to figure out the cures for things that they said we were. It didn't even make sense because they were saying we had a higher tolerance for pain. But why are you testing me on this thing for white women if you know I have if I supposedly have a higher tolerance? Like it's not gonna work the same. Obviously, it just none of it made sense. It was very very hurtful, Um, and that's a whole nother situation. Like many of us can be carrying that. We can have ancestors who were experimented on, (laughs) and so that's traumatic. That comes through you, like. Even in some areas of the body, I, I went to college with this one guy and a medium told him that in a past life he was experimented on. And I know he is, um, he was raised Jewish. And so I'm like, oh my God. And he was like, that makes a lot of sense because he was extremely anxious and he was dealing with a lot of mental battles. And for her to tell him that, he was like, that makes so much sense. Mm. I feel that. He could like, you could he's like, I could feel that in my body sometimes. Like, Ooh. he could feel, and I think they said like, like a similar time that it, they figured out it was electric shock or something. I was like, oh, wow. My God. So it's like, you, and now I'm reading medical apartheid and they talk about all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, that <laughs> kind of generational trauma? Are you kidding? It's intense. Yeah. Are you kidding? We have so many things to heal. Yeah. And it's so hard. <laughs> it's so, it's hard. so hard. It's giving me the chill. And it's harder when we're mean to each other. It's harder when you walk out to a room and all you want to do is fight for the liberation of your people and your people just want to roast your hair. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> like, guys. <laughs> so hurtful. Things are a little bit more important. 
than my hairstyle. Right, a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna need us to figure out this liberation thing. Oh, <laughs> we please a lot. Skin focus. <laughs> can we focus? Oh, skin focus. They not, and not at all. But spirit, you can feel your spirit, your spiritual village. They come in all colors, shapes, sizes, whatever. I have had spiritual connections and feelings like angels look like whatever angels look like, but it's not skin deep. This whole (laughs) fighting white supremacy is not a black and white thing. Like we need everybody who's against that. I think we all can fight. (laughs) We can all maybe that this This probably was not it it plan actually. Not looking good. <laughs> the terms and conditions haven't been updated, and I don't know how long. Like, not at all. Yeah, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> Y'all, I hate to cut us short because this is. I don't know. We're just gonna turn into a sleepover. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna make this into two parts because I can't bear to edit it. I just can't bear. <laughs> not that it's gonna take. Not that I'm intimidated by the amount of work that would take, but I think I want everybody to hear all of this. Yeah. You know, they're, they're great parts. I don't, I can't bring myself to cut and keep any of this from anybody. Like, no. I have thoroughly enjoyed and just felt so replenished by this conversation. And so I want to start to move us to the end on a nice, fun, cute note and play a last little game. I asked you all to bring in a TV show, and we're going to do our, well, you all are going to do your astrological big three oh using TV show characters, which we can do now because the strike is over, and I can do that with you guys. <laughs> Yay! I'm so excited. Adia is going to go first. Oh, okay. Um, so my TV show is Girlfriends. Oh, let's be my girlfriend. And we saw Darnell from Girlfriend. Oh, y'all did. That's why I was laughing when y'all were like, "Yeah." Darnell was like, "Hilarious." Yeah, just like Darnell. We saw Khalil Kane today. Me and Brandy earlier went to a solidarity brunch for the WGA strike and SAG empowerment. It's a SAG empowerment of art, something like that. But stay together now. But yeah, there was a panel, and Khalil Kane. With his um Asian like fine wines, <laughs> was on. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sorry, I love. He's beautiful though. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie though, he is. Kiss. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah, he's cute. But yeah, girlfriends, I put Maya as my moon. <laughs> Lynn as my sun. Although I would almost always, I might also say Maya as my sun. Yeah. So Maya Lynn as my son mm-hmm. and Tony as my rising. As your rising. If y'all don't know girlfriends, you gotta go know it. You gotta go know it. It's too much to try and explain the personalities, but if you know, you know. And so that's me. And so wait, wait, I I get them mixed up sometimes. Is rising the one where it's like how you present to the world. Wait, which yeah. one? That's how you present, uh, like, in person, like, in person. In right person here. when you're communicating. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. That's okay. how you show up, yeah. basically. That's how you show up. Yeah. Which, maybe I'm not fully, but I feel like sometimes I, sometimes I'm like, damn, am I materialistic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can relate. Like, oh my gosh. 
my dog lives a bougie-ass life. I, I, I feel that. Like, no, I aspire to be... Like, I, I think about you sometimes. I'm like, we literally went to India's, like, one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, I'm just sitting there, like, every time. in New and York City. City. That's what I'm saying. Right, right. No, baby, <laughs> that I grew from scratch. Like, that's from with the, the house. house. With a new, with a new beautiful puppy. And a I'm Siamese like, like, cat. A Siamese, right. Like, I'm saying, like, what the music like she is just amazing yeah 
Living here. I love living single. Yeah. I really, really love it. I'm sitting here like, I, technically, I do my TV show on another episode and I'll let my guests do their TV show. But just because I really like living single, I'm going to do living single Give it to it. So I think I would be a um, Kyle's son, actually. <laughs> yes. I think I would be a Kyle's son. Absolutely. With his deep voice. <laughs> like, we really argument all the time. And, 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 and good banter. We have good comedic he, he worked on a movie that I was working on at the end of last year with, um, now I can say MTV and Paramount Plus. Um, I was in a scene in the beginning of the movie and I was the director's assistant as well. Shout out. Um, but he had a small role in this film. And y'all, he was the most committed actor that I had seen stuff with on that set. And he was in a short scene. Like he had, he was basically lying in bed and a little little baby was talking to him and he had a short, short stint over there. And he was just like, he was just so inspiring over there. And uh, what did he say to me? I, I like said hi. I was like, oh, I cannot let him leave without me saying hi. I didn't want to disrupt his process, but I was like, he's awesome. And his voice is so incredible. Um, he was like, he was like, come over here. Oh my God. He was like, when I asked for a picture, he was just like, you yeah, know, come over. But it was so, so sweet. And yeah, his, his character, Kyle on Living Single, um, just wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's my son. And then I said, my moon would be Maxine. Mm-hmm. My moon would be Maxine because it's, that's just how I feel that I am like that type of energy, that type of life. I feel like I feel that part. And then the rising, I would say, is Khadijah for sure. Yeah, that's my rising. Yeah, without a doubt, like yeah. that's no contest. That's my rising. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I watched Queen Latifah and also in awe, in awe because I was just like, yes, no. Erica Anderson dominated the whole thing. But sometimes I was watching Queen Latifah. Like, did people were people really talking about her in this like that? Mm -hmm. Like how I'm thinking, like watching her, she was hilarious. Right? She was great. She was so witty. She was everything. Like everything that I thought of to describe her as, I was like, wow. Thinking to myself, like people have described me using those words, (laughs) and I was just like, I feel like I don't compare. Watching her sometimes, I'm just like, like. And I could tell, you know how they improvise some stuff sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I could tell she was on that stuff. Yeah. Like I could tell it was bring it back. Like my favorite thing was when like we'd be watching Fresh Prince or Martin or something, and at the end they would show like bloopers and stuff. Yeah, like, yes. they were having the time of yes. their fucking lives on set, off. and that is I what know. I want. Like I want to yeah. be on a comedic set having the time of my life. That movie, Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins. I don't know how they made it. Like, I don't know how they made the movie because I would have just been laughing the entire time. There's too many comedians in there. Like, Monique alone. Like, I can't. Yeah. I can't. So. Yeah. It's just, oh, I miss it. A treasure. A treasure. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we need to bring sitcoms like that back. We do. Like, Michelle. 
everybody is just like, oh, because the sitcom was like theater, you know? Yes. yes. Live yes. studio audience. Mm-hmm. We talk about this at Hillman Grad all the time, like in, in class. Like when we, we touched on sitcoms, even though sitcoms aren't produced that much anymore, we touched on it because if you even get one audition for a sitcom, you need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're not going to get like tens of auditions for a sitcom. All it takes is one, and you have to be prepared for whatever comes. Yep. So, as we talked about it, I was just like, wow, it's like, I know that must have felt that, like, you feel the fuel of doing something in front of a live audience, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I like that, like, that's why I love theater, I love audiences, and I don't know, it's just something different about that medium, like, so, yeah. yeah. It's raw, it's organic, it's real, it's tangible, it's like you're in it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. for the different mediums, there's, there's, you gotta do two different things. Like, you gotta, to get to the truth of it, like for film, every take has to be honest. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again, you have to produce honesty. Yep. When you're live, baby, you better have it that day. <laughs> like, because not you just have to be in it. On that day, you better be there. You better be present. And there is Every no moment. cut. We need to make that take over again. Mm-hmm. You better be there, babes. Keep or you were fake that going. day. And the right. critic was here. And he saw. And he gonna call you fake. Right. Because you were. On that day. And that's what I like about sitcom, too. Because it's a mixture. Like, you're mm-hmm. afforded that. What you're not afforded in theater. But still, you're still performing. In, you're still performing live a lot yeah, of time. So you get to do another take in that instance. But, and like... The audience, in a sense, gets to perform with you because now they're told, you know, y'all might want to laugh after this one line. Or, you know, like, you might want to go, ooh, when someone kisses. <laughs> 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 you want to go back. I want to go They're like, ooh. Sitcom, but I remember when I was a kid one time watching High School Musical, and my mom came into my room and saw me watch High School Musical. She said, Why do you like to look at white kids kissing? I was like, What? I said, That was was a hinge. We're all in this together. Like, that's what I'm watching. She was like, That. She said, that sounds weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but mom, it's more than that. <laughs> mom, it's more than that. No. <laughs> Yo, we're some dramatic children. Like, I just know, I said, oh, the way I used to conjure up not going to bed, I would run downstairs. And I just wanted to tell you guys that I love you.
I feel so so filled. Yes. Like I was like, like I feel rejuvenated. You more energized. That's why I say coming back to New York sometimes feels like medicine. Yeah. Yes. I I completely agree. Absolutely. Feels like medicine. Just need our own little village. We do. We really do. A hippie commune. Mm -hmm. Hippie commune. It's a good time because you know. I feel like people would definitely great follow up. It's time to go. And you have so many good apocalypse skills and like (laughs) life knowledge. Like she can skin. Okay, yeah, we're not gonna talk about what this was. She has so many special skills. Like, (laughs) she, where did you go for your brunch? She was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go into the woods for like a week and just like chill. (laughs) No real Katniss Everdeen. No, for real. Some big Katniss. No, nothing on her. (laughs) Where'd you go to Antarctica? Somewhere cold. You went somewhere cold. With the Iceland. (laughs) Okay, yeah. That's about to be me. Before we close out, before I give my little thank yous and see you later, I hate goodbyes. I just wanted you all to be able to tell the listeners what you're up to, where they can find you. Brandon. Yes, yes. Okay. So I tried so hard to be clever with my Instagram name, but then I realized that when I try to tell people my Instagram name, it is very, very difficult to describe. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Because it's pronounced Brandy with an I, but it's spelled like it's underscore B R A N D W I T H A N E Y E underscore. It's not. Just brandy with an eye. Like <laughs> you gotta Yes. You gotta spell it out. But that's me on Instagram. Um my TikTok is something similar to that. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's at Brandy with an eye. There might be some numbers, but I'm the only one who did that, so Oh my god. Oh actually no I'm not because that's why I had to put numbers. So if you're the other brandy with an eye you was clever. Okay, let's let's go at the end real quick. Sorry, okay, because for the camera is giving out. Oh, okay, uh, you guys can follow me literally at my name, Adia's Corner, my little corner of the internet on Instagram. Um, I'm not really doing anything, but taking directing classes and hoping to do something soon. So, hey, I love it. I love y'all. So thank you for watching 232425. Please follow us on YouTube and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I really, really enjoyed this. And and yeah, I say this every time. Next episode, you're gonna you're not gonna want to miss it. We're talking about friendship. Be there or be square. See you guys. Bye. I did my square wrong. Did my you did your square wrong? I did wrong. That's not square. Try it. 232425 is a podcast produced and hosted by Jaska. Graphic design by Jaska. Executive producer, director of photography, and editor, Dante Charles Critchlow. Music by Foot All Moore. A special thanks to Anthony and Salentia Moore, Constance Moore, and Harold Hickson for their contributions to production. And a special thanks to viewers like you who create the community of my wildest dreams. Thank you. 232425 TV.